This episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. Luca Nation, let's just hit record, shall we? We didn't yes. do a brain dump episode yesterday, so might as well do it today. Cage is in a suit. I hope he's feeling himself. He's he's got some value to bring you guys, and we'll uh, we'll have a good episode. So, Luca Nation, welcome back, episode eight six two of the infamous. Lucas Tigers and Bronzo, my how was uh, how was the day in the city? Infamous. Does that mean more than famous, El Guapo? Yeah, more than famous. More than famous. More than famous. Infamous. It means more than it's infamous. More than famous. It's uh, how was the city? The city is the city, man. You know, it's. uh, I stopped by Brigandi's Coins and Collectibles today while I was in the city. Nice. Um, Just some cool stuff. A different type of collectible. Not a lot of shiny stuff in there. You know the what I mean? The coins are shiny. The coins are shiny, but they're old coins. They're not as shiny as you would think. Coins, old um, old currency. They should um, use some Kurt's card care on them. <laughs> I guess. It's, uh, but, I mean, cool stuff. You got a cool Babe Ruth auto, uh, like, letter written to, like, you know, written to a kid by the babe in, like, 1942. Like, oh, I heard your, you know, your dad wrote to me and said you're a good kid. They just posted it on their story. No, we're not sponsored by them, but you know it's a cool thing, and it's it's a business that was around before COVID. It's a business that was around in the city, um, you know, before you know the last couple of years, and it's a business that'll be here for a while. And it's just fun to kind of you know show those things as a different side of the hobby, um, a different side of of you know collecting. So fun, fun, fun little pre-COVID, post-COVID crowd. That, that's well, I mean. The- that's the two two sides of the voting ballots. Pretty I'm hoping – no, I'm hoping that people who weren't here before COVID stick around and find stuff that they enjoy. And there's always going to be people who break. There's always going to be people who, you know, who are chasing stuff. And I think there's room for a little bit of everything in the hobby. But, um, you know, I do like to go back to that stuff. It's, it's historic, you know. I mean I was in there. I saw this cool framed um, letter from FDR. To someone who I think it was a World War One um, program, someone who like donated binoculars for the army at the time, and like you know because they couldn't just go out and buy like you know millions of pairs of binoculars. Are they authenticated? I'm sure everything there is authenticated in the store. They have certificates and stuff. But this was like you know one of these cool like letter to him saying you know thanks for donating the binoculars. We'll get, we'll try to get them back to you after the war efforts, basically, and like. You know, if we don't, here's a one dollar note. You know, just in case. And and they had the the, the note, like the one dollar note. Like it was just weird. You know, it was glimpses. A trip down memory lane, and it's a side of you that a lot of Luca Nation doesn't get to see. It's the history buff side of Cage. Well, I mean, I, I've heard conversations from from content saying nostalgia is now one of the buzzwords that people use, like to get people to overpay. But nostalgia is more of like you know, for me, it's what draws people into these things. You know, and there are things that aren't collectibles that will become collectibles, will become a new class of collectibles because of nostalgia. 
things that you wouldn't even think about collecting. Like, for example, do you see how much money is being paid for original sealed uh, iPhones? Like the Generation 1 iPhone. I think a sealed uh, first iPhone. So for like $30,000. I know, but like Cage, that. I think a big narrative that's going on right now is is the skepticism around almost every sale. True. So, this was an auction house, but I understand what you're saying. You know, and, like, so like yeah. I, I do, but if you kind of just like follow the tracks, right? It was tickets, VHS, comics, video games, NFTs. It's all the same game. Yeah. And once you had a dash of skepticism, and it's filled with media narrative. It's, it's hard to know, is that a real asset class, right? Because people, once you've been burned by the stove once, it's a little scary to go back in. Yeah. And I mean, listen, the, um, the hobby doesn't exactly have what I would call accredited defenders, hmm. you know, nor does, nor does like um, the NFT space. Accredited and, defenders. Yeah. So I let's feel call- this is going to be as patented as the cardboard relevant. It could Accredited be. defenders. Someone's yeah. going to scoop that Instagram <laughs> but you, handle. So follow Probably along add with porn me, to right? The end. I mean, right, if, I love Darren Ravel. I love, I love the, um, I love following along with his kids playing hockey. I love the pickups that he has. I love his stories are great. It's like who's, a reality. Who's Darren Ravel picking up on. No, so his card pickups and his oh. memorabilia pickups. Like he bought a really yeah. cool piece that I was like, wow, I wish I would have seen that. It was pretty sweet. It was like you know. Uh, Jim J. Braddock, Cinderella Man ticket, you know, when he beat Max Bear for the title. Um, I think it's only a few of those. That's a cool piece, you know, and Pur didn't suffer a lot of money because, you know, even though Braddock fought uh, Joe Lewis and lost and gave him a good fight, he's not like a name in boxing that people know except for the movie. He's played by Russell Crowe um, in the movie Cinderella Man. I don't know if you remember that. But like, you know, po- posts like that. But what Darren is also famous for, in my eyes, is kind of crapping on crypto. No, I, that's not what you said. Pissing in people's cereal. That's a yeah. direct quote. I could pull up the episode. So, Peeing in people's Cheerios, actually. And and now he can be right about it, right? And say, ha, 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 crypto's stupid, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's losing money. But then last week, give him credit, he did post on DraftKings being hacked and people's accounts being drained. But then he was very quick to come back and post that it was a very small amount. And that DraftKings is going to be recrediting everyone their money, which obviously it's a smaller thing than, you know, FTX, <laughs> small, you know, obviously significantly less amount of money than that, you name it. But there are people like that out there who come to the defense and, you know, that's almost like setting a floor on, on cards, right? It's almost like saying, all right, you know what? Prices are going down, but don't worry about it. We know there are people coming in and defending these prices. Like the Michael Jordan PS10 is only going to go down so much because Rick, Rick Posteens is just going to keep buying them. You know what I mean? Like there's accredited defenders and there just aren't those Are the accredited defenders money or media i think from a media standpoint blue check people do, do you think we've if you kind of look at all the runs in previous history for cards they always come with a media change right like i, I would say i don't know but anecdotally like cage is smiling i said very something smart. right in 860 very smart it's very uh, smart so like the beckett guide go, go ahead, on flush it out I mean, you're 100% right, man. I mean, changes in media do come with changes in, in where the hobby goes. And I don't know. The Beckett Guide, obviously, was a huge one. Um, I don't know whether or not, you know, I, you could say social media, you know, that Instagram might be kind of, you social know. Social sellers is what I'm seeing. Like, I don't understand. I, I, I If there's one thing that I still haven't figured out is how I'm going to use this word influencers sell things online so quickly. 
Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. <laughs> Didn't you start off by saying there's a heavy amount of skepticism about whether sales are really sales? Right, right. But that's a new media. It's people with large followings suddenly came out of nowhere in the last two years. And they're able to go to shows, buy inventory, get grails in, list those grails on their Instagram pages and sell them really, really quickly. Yeah. And do they actually sell them? That's the question. Is it because these people have a huge following and that it adds a little something to say, hey, I bought this from Card Collector too? Like, does that matter? I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. It's a very interesting thing. It definitely is. Listen, um, one of the things I talked about with the, you know, the, the, the owner of the Brigandi store today is the crazy run up in the last couple of years and how, you know, the sustainability of it and what people should have expectations and, you know, what the market's going to do going forward and that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, it's not a it's not a fluffy, fun episode for everybody. You know, everyone's printing money. Don't worry about it. 2023 is going to be great. You're all going to 10x. So have fun. It was more of like a, you know, a right setting, this whole thing. Um, and I mean, it's definitely worth discussing, right? And it's funny because fractional came up, you know, in the different items in fractional. And we've talked about this with um, the Luca card, right? How that Luca logo man depending upon how media wants to spin it. I remember I, I said this before Cardporn came out and posted their silly post, right? I said, if you want to say good things, if you want to make it a positive spin, you can say, oh my goodness, it's a record public sale for a basketball modern card. And it is, it's over three point, you know, $6 million or whatever the hell it's sold for, $3.2 million. And, you know, even if it sold for four points something before that, the money was actually better off in this card than it would have been in this list of six other assets. You could name some stocks that are down 90%. Most of the tech world is down so much. You know, if you were to put it in crypto, if you were to put it in this all, is all one Instagram post, Cage, you could put this in if you want. No, if you wanted to write an article about it, if you yeah. wanted to write like a, a like a uh, like a like a seeking out is, is the guy to get to write Instagram articles. So He's that would be one. Or if you wanted to write an article about it and say, wow, this is doom and gloom and this is the worst thing on earth, you can start by writing this card sold for $2.5 million. And then the auction house got 20% on top of that when the buyer's premium is thrown in. And this is the largest loss ever by a card in the history of cards. I mean, it's, it's all kind of in the, in, the, uh, you know, in the beholder, right? Do you remember what I, I talked to you about? Like I, was, I had this, like maybe I thought it was like, there's a difference between a community and a following. Mm -hmm. I think and a lot of times we see engagement farming. Comments like uh, posts like that are to get engagement farming. So you get on the explore feed and Instagram and you get noticed. But I think what makes makes it different is when you have credibility. And I'll tell you, just this past week, since we did the episode talking about how the powers of the hobby can have significant impact, Becca came out and did a 50% uh, discount on grading. So today I get sent this from a few people. It's a tops buyback program by Fanatics. Have you seen this? Mm -mm. Tell me about it. So, remember, does it come with a croissant? <laughs> no. So, from in celebration of Small Business Saturday, we're excited. Uh, we're pleased to announce a new offer, which expands to collectors as well as shops that generate all overall enthusiasm in the hobby. This will run from November 26th through March 31st, and is a part of Fanatics Collectibles' commitment to invest in the growing 
hobby and support entrepreneurs and small businesses. So offer overview, we will be selecting one to two base cards and select parallels from a 22 top set and offering store credit for each of the cards redeemed at a local hobby shop through March 31st. So you guys could, could search us. You guys could DM us. I'll send you the article, but it's funny in the, they listen what, to you. I, I, I didn't say that, but I think we're just trying to build a better hobby. Like I think the people that are left over and didn't leave after the, the boom and gloom, they just want a better hobby. They want a hobby with more transparency. They want more collectors. People are okay with investors as long as you're open and honest about the things that you're own and selling. And, and yeah, I, I I was really pleased to see this. I mean, I think it's a step in the right direction. I think Beckett offering 50% off grading after we haven't heard from them in two, three years. It's a step in the right direction. SGC, five-day turnarounds. Amazing. A step in the right direction. $15 PSA grading. A step in the right direction. $100 credit to new customers at PWCC. A step in the right direction. It's all steps in the right direction. I got you thinking. No, I'm waiting to hear. Is that enough? I'm waiting to hear. Andrew is never, never enough. Yeah, never I'm, enough. I'm waiting for the other show. I'm waiting for you to say, "Okay, now this is what I want." Croissants. No, I'm <laughs> waiting for. I'm waiting for what else you want. Well, dude, actually, my coffee machine broke today. I'm not a croissant oh, guy. I'm a coffee machine man. guy. That's no good. So sometimes you have to like re just recalibrate it. But no, I'm I'm happy for. Is it a fancy one? Do you have like a Nespresso? Do you have like a Keurig? Do you have like a K cup thing? What kind of what kind of like? Uh... I wouldn't say any of those are fancy though. For me, that fancy. I get you my coffee drink, at Seven Eleven. No, you don't drink don't. coffee. So, what do you talk? So, what do you like? An why, espresso. Why have you never installed a soda machine in your house? Those are expensive. Yeah, but it's way more expensive to buy soda every day. Yeah, not really, because you got to have a service definitely. person come and like put in like, like. It's, you know, it's you, definitely more expensive to buy soda every day for than like, making like a so like a machine. You mean like a soda fountain? Well, I'll give you an example with coffee yeah. and we'll extrapolate it to soda. But like if you buy coffee, it's two, three bucks a day. If you make coffee at home, the machine probably costs right. five hundred bucks. Just time out, pause, just take a breath. It's like 30 cents a cup of coffee. So you have a huge upfront cost, but then you have tiny marginal cost. You ready? Yes. Find me a $500 soda machine. Pause, take a breath, stick it up your ass. Don't say stupid things and then tell me to pause and let you finish when you're saying stupid things. What is stupid about that? that, that There's no $500 soda machines. What are you talking about? So that's the, that's the difference. So what's the soda machine? Like I said, am I buying a soda fountain? Am I a movie theater? Am I going to have thousands of dollars? Am I going to have like a Coca-Cola guy come in and like replace the syrup and the, recalibrate the carbonation? It's like I'm, I'm, I'm going to in my kitchen of my house, I'm going to open up a restaurant. The hell are you talking about? You guys, so I'm not an expert in this. I'm not even going to Like a soda it. stream? They don't, those don't work. Those are fake. Those are fugazi. In the comments, if there's like an accredited, uh, a good <laughs> company when it comes to soda <laughs> machine installations. <laughs> All right, what else? Any I want a freestyle machine? machine. You ever heard of those? Yeah, you know it's freestyle. No, call it what? Where? Go ahead. Like you mean like Dre's Lab, like where they're freestyling and making beats? Hell yeah. No, no. Uh, Coca-Cola has it. They have it in movie theaters. It's a big red machine. looks like a Coke thing. And it's got a little – and it's got a screen. And you put your soda up and it's got a million different flavors, different kinds of sodas. You, go, you can make like a Frankenstein soda. Go to movies. I put like Coke Zero. A little bit of a shot of watermelon. A little shot of raspberry. It's, it's, a little you, shot of lunch. It's your world. It's your like, world. If you that, want that installed, you could have that. You I told allowed. you this on like a really old episode. I forget, like first 20, 30 episodes. We were talking about like, what is it to make it? You were like, well, you're going to win. What's the definition of winning? And I told you the definition of winning was that I would have a freestyle Coke machine in my house. 
What about one of those old school Coke vending machines that are like a dime and you get like one of those glass Coke bottles? I mean, those would be cool, but I still would have to restock it. And I'm sure no one's selling me the old Coke bottles for a dime anymore. You know what I mean? Like I'd have to, <laughs> still have to like go out and restock it with sodas. I've thought of this. I've definitely should have some better way of putting soda in my house. I w- I've actually contemplated making like a soda IV drip. You know, just like a bag filled with like Diet Dr. Pepper, just mainline it, put it right in. I've definitely thought of, you know, like there are definitely cheaper ways than just sitting here with a two liter bottle all the time. How did you do this weekend in prop betting? <laughs> I did. I was two and three in prop betting. Justin Jefferson sucked. Um, but I won every game after the one o'clock. I won all the afternoon games. I won the Sunday night game. I won the Monday night game. Like, oh, I was, I was very good in the second half of Sunday. I hit them all. Niners crushed them like I said they would. You know, Dallas was right. I mean, all these, all the picks were were good, man. Could have parlayed the late. Explain to me the the vigor towards Zach Wilson this week, but not the same accountability towards Kirk Cousins. Um. Hmm. The Jets' defense is very good, and the narrative around here is that the Jets' defense is a quote championship defense. Um, I will take a step back on this answer and take another swing at it. New York is very different than Minnesota. Uh, the New York media is very difficult to succeed here. Um, and they will scrutinize the hell out of you. Chris Sims, Phil Sims' son who does, you know, sports stuff. He did a very good Twitter thread today about how everyone's overreacting to, uh, Zach Wilson and went through, okay, stop showing the one pass that he threw over the guy's head. Here's 10 passes. Here's 10 plays that he made that were actually pretty good. Like he went through them. Um, and said it's an overreaction. But he's also but, like 10 games in and he's been injured for a few of them. Like he's it's there's a lot of high expectations on him. I think the, the narrative being spun here in New York on Sports Talk Radio is that he skipped a step in his development. He came straight in and went to the Pat Mahomes gunslinger role. Like he thinks he should be sidearming throws and making plays and, and he's that good without first learning the offense. You know what I mean? Like like he went from A to G without going, you know, B, C, D, E, and F, you know. Um, and that's part of the problem. The other, the other thing is um, what the, again, narrative being spun here is that their defense and the rest of their team is good enough to make the playoffs and maybe make a run, and that he's actually a negative. Are they delusional and, or are they? I mean, it's, it's stupidity. I said this coming in. I was shocked by the Jets and the Giants this year, but I don't think either of them are actual playoff teams. I've been saying so who that. Who are they going to beat with that team? Well, they're—I mean—they're six and four. I mean, they—they they were like I don't know six and two or whatever the hell they were. They're and, a decent team. There's no and the Giants too. Remember, I made the prediction the Giants aren't going to win another game. I was just two weeks early on that. Um, and I don't think either of them are, are are great teams. And they got really ahead of themselves with the expectations. Um, How come they don't talk about the running back being injured as as a factor? They a do. Good. A lot of people talk about how next year they'd be in a really good position. As a matter of fact, I heard one caller on sports radio here say that they should give up on Zach Wilson and go all in next year and and pay for Lamar Jackson. They should Sign pay for Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson because the team yeah. is, is with the running back that they have, with the wide receivers they have, with the defense they have. They could probably use a small upgrade on offensive line, but that that is where where the Browns thought they were. Signing Deshaun Watson, which didn't exactly work out the way they wanted it to be, but you know, a team that, that thought they were a, a quarterback. Correct, the team that thought they were a quarterback well, away. Well, then they should start recruiting Lamar Jackson, not skewering their current Can't. quarterback, because Lamar's like, Lamar's going to be like, why would I go there? Can't recruit now; it would be a violation. No, but, but the media can. 
the Lamar Jackson situation. Just, I mean, listen, uh, the Zach Wilson thing is kind of stupid. The Jets are just not that good. And um, if I was Zach Wilson, I'd be like, go ahead, put in Joe Flacco, put in Mike White. You think they're going to do better? No, you think you have. He's being blamed for everything going wrong with the team. Um, he had a bad game and he's had a bad season. I think he's got like he's like four touchdowns and five picks or something like that. Like I, he's he does not statistically he's not look good. Well, he's not good. I'm not saying that he is good. I'm just I I love when surprise comes out of nowhere where everyone that's watching is like yeah no obviously this guy's he's very good. small too. You know yeah. like, even if he played well I don't know that he's gonna last for that long. The Lamar thing just to kind of put a fine point on this one. The Lamar thing is gonna be fun to see that play off, play out. I hope the Ravens just lock him up long term, but they can still franchise him. For next year, but they can do. Um, I forget what it's exactly called. It's like a, a non-exclusive franchise tag. It's something like that. Non-exclusive franchise. And what happens That's is Mayudoka franchise tag. Well, if they do that, and another team signs him, and 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 takes him away from the Ravens, then they have to give up. I think it's two first-round picks to the Ravens. It's very. It's a very costly thing. Which you you would have to be a team like the Jets who think that they are a quarterback away and they're going to be good enough that their first-round picks are going to be late in the round, they think, to do that. It, it can't be a team that, you know, that is, you know, that's just one piece in rebuilding because then you're giving up the future in addition to all that money for Lamar. It's, it's fun to see stuff like that kind of play out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, here's the thing. We're learning it. You're seeing with the quarterbacks. You're seeing the cycle. We haven't really seen it yet with basketball, but it's coming, right? So think about this. 18, you had Luka. People invested in Luca, and Luca's playing well, and his prices—they've come down with the general, you know, you know, um, um, price decreases. But they haven't come down because Luca's shit in the bed. Luca's averaging bulletproof as it comes. He's averaging, you know, thirty-point, you know, triple doubles. Then in the in the next year, you had Zion and Ja. Ja has overperformed. His prices are higher than people thought they were going to be, and yeah, sure, they've come down a little bit. Zion seems almost as bulletproof as Luca because people just. They're waiting for him to, to see what he is still. He hasn't had that, you know, a little injury, you name it, the whole deal. All right? The, the, the following year, the 2021 year, you know, LaMelo, Edwards, people were all in on Edwards. We're, we're finally starting to see maybe, you know, it was only a couple games, so we'll see what happens Flash with that. It. And then the Cade Cunningham, now, football, right? Same kind of deal. That 2018, well, 17, you had Mahomes, right? 2018, Darnold shitty but you still had a josh allen lamar right 2019 you got burrow and uh and uh what's his name right you know uh 19 was was kyler who was doing well uh then you had burrow and and herbert whoever people are still in and i don't know whether or not like we're finally starting to see classes that people invested big money in they weren't like like okay buy low and then ride them up like a Josh Allen was, like a Mahomes was, like a Luca even was, right? Even a Zion, you were getting the Zion cards cheap when they first came out, right? Now you've got classes like this Cade Cunningham class and Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. And in football, you got Trevor Lawrence and uh, Zach Wilson and, I mean, Justin Fields, Mac you know, Jones. Mac Jones. You got all these guys that people were, were Trey Lance. People are putting these big, big, big dollars in, you know, paying like, you know, MVP type of money on these things. Jalen Hurts, and we want to throw them into the mix. And more people are going to lose than win. That's a cycle people haven't seen yet in this boom. 
because you know in the beginning not only were prices going up but the there were players in each one of these draft classes that were performing and performing well that they were justifying the the money um it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you know 90% of the people who are people who are investing in crap out and go to zero can I tell you something shoot we have how many followers listeners what, how big would you say our community is thousands of people thousands of people we get a we get a lot of dms messages people have your your cell phone number your email right yeah yes they do how many of those people have ever sent you a photo of like a modern players uh, rpa that they've picked up like a national treasures a few a few like yeah five yeah, a handful, probably probably more than five, but less than twelve. No one buys these cards. I th- it's just influencers with big accounts that are, I swear, are the ones that hold the Jalen Green NTs, the Cade Cunningham NTs. I well, someone's buying them, right? Collectors. I guess. Don't you own like a Mahomes uh, RPA? Why is why do you throw Mahomes in the same category as the dud quarterbacks? It's so stupid. <laughs> to get you angry. If you're not making me angry. You're making yourself look stupid. He's <laughs> a one of one with a Chiefs logo. <laughs> That's a nice card. It's a very nice card. You think that people are, are buying these? People with vests. Well, they have more- to be. Right, I mean, I mean, there's there's thousands of these RPAs. So they're now. buying SGA National Treasures, and they're like, I'm tucking this away. This is the card I want of SGA with a Dick Sporting Goods jersey, a Sports Authority jersey. I'm tucking it away. You really think they so? They have to be. Buy- well, so so what's happening? If people aren't buying them, what's happening to them? You think the same influencers are pretending to buy them somehow? I mean, like, what? Tell me the vast conspiracy. Are they all being shipped to Area 51? No, no, no. <laughs> Look what's Here's going on. Them. Run it back, right? Like sometimes we hear market cap, like the Luca NT market cap is X. It's what's the last sale times by the pop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we, if we go that route, what if only one is available for a reasonable amount of money and you can't buy any, right? So you just see the last comp. Is that really the price that if you released every single one of these on an open market, they would sell for? Or is it that you, a few people own a lot of these and they artificially curate the supply? And anytime a new one comes up, they grab it and they put it in their collection. And when that player is hot, they release it to the market. And, and in their stories, they say buying XYZ player when, they're, when they sell it. Because I, I struggle to believe that people really believe Jalen Green NT for 60k is a right buy. Like I don't, I don't think anyone's like I really want to collect Jalen Green and this is the card I want from him. Hmm. So you think when people are posting on their page buying Jalen Hurts RPA, buying Tua, they're really not buying it. They're really selling them and trying to give the impression that they're buying them. I do. Well, let me ask you something. I'm, I'm being serious. 26 minutes and 42 seconds in. I love my damn clock. Right? Oh, you see it now, right? Yeah, I see it today. Cool. So let me ask you this. You are you're a hobby mainstay now. You can't leave. You people, people literally wake up every day and they want to hear your voice. There are even some some YouTube comments out there asking for you to replace me and just keep you. So how would that work? 
I don't know. But but so anyway. I wouldn't do a fucking you, episode. You, I would just stop doing this. You guys are stupid. You, you, are, you are a hobby mainstay. But on the flip side, you are new to this. And I believe we've talked about this. What drew you to this was the, the chase, the flip, the ability to make money doing this stuff, and the ability to buy low and sell high, right? There were, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. Not at all. A lot of people are in the same position. I think that's what makes you sort of a voice for this recent boom because you speak for a huge percentage of the new money that came into this hobby. If what you're saying now is true and it is as manipulated as you are intimating or that you're just coming right out and saying that people aren't really buying these cards and, and even the people who we think are the, the stalwarts of this hobby, the influencers, the people who are out there, even the ones that you should be able to trust when they say i'm buying they're really selling when they they're they're going out they're using their platform to basically say something is more, more valuable to get you to be like wow if that guy's buying it i should be buying it and then you go look for it and find theirs that they're looking to dump on you as exit liquidity why stay i don't think it's everything i just the the, the nt's market doesn't pass my my sniff test it's not all this it's like the 90s inserts people love those like I think, I think Topps Chrome Refractors from like 2000 to 2010, people love that. That's a very much, those are valuable items, but people really want them. I struggle to believe that people really want the cards that they're saying that they're buying because I see either them or their friends are always selling the card that they say that they want. Mm. And if you really want the card, why would you always be selling it? I understand once, twice, three times, but it's like, I just bought this SGA NT and now it's on my story for 13K. I just bought this Luca Blue Prism. I already sold it. I just bought another one. I'm ready to sell that one too. Is that really what happened? Did he buy both? Is that the is that a different one that's now for sale for twenty four thousand yeah. dollars? It's the same one. It's it's a it's a different one. Is that it the one old one? Old. Oh my god. Good for him. And I don't hate it. I, I I it's mysterious. I don't think it's wrong. It's mysterious. It's it's confusing. Um and I think what they do a really good job of is they always have a buyer locked up. They have a wholesale buyer and a retail buyer. They have a store lined up who's ready to buy, but they're first going to shop it around retail, see if there's any biters. If not, store buys, you leave a little meat on the bone for the store. Now you got liquidity, you go out and, and shop again. And in a way, you're like a commissioned buyer of an LCS, right? Yeah. Um, it's just it's just an interesting, an interesting, interesting market because I'm still in the – game of like wait Mahomes is the best quarterback his card prices should go up SGA is the best player or the most unexpected performance of the year his card prices should go up interesting just some thoughts very interesting I mean Guys. listen the card prices don't really I mean it's funny because if you're right it would explain why some prices have nothing to do with what's going on on the field Mahomes right. is having a great year but that doesn't really necessarily mean his cards are going to go up in value as you're learning well, they're going up 10, 20%, like a reasonable amount, right? Um, but anyway, this addition by subtraction, this France team, if we're just going to talk about the World Cup. Oh, 4-1. Last World Cup, they won. Mbappe was, first off, younger, but also there's so many weapons, so many stars yet. Pogba, um, this World Cup, Benzema's injured. They had, uh, Kante's injured. They had a lot of injuries right before the World Cup. And it's actually an interesting thing, like addition by subtraction. This is a really good World Cup for him to really show his talent, right? Because he's the guy. Like, yes, he's his you, team. It's his team. 
you could see he's significantly more athletic than anybody on the field. He's confident. He has room to roam. Very much impressed by this France team and how Mbappe. I think he's going to be the gold, the golden the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, so I, I really do. Two um, questions for you on sure. soccer because we can roll. I mean, it's World Cup, guys. So you know, we did almost like a whole World Cup thing with Bob yesterday. But two questions: number one, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. How does something like that happen? And what does it mean? So there's your question number one. And then the second one is not really World Cup per se. I mean, obviously it sort of is. But tell me about what happened with Ronaldo and Man U and what do you think What do you think it means? Where do you think he ends up? Is he MLS bound? Is he going to own half the league now? What's going to happen? So that's a lot of questions. But really the two are Argentina's loss and Ronaldo. Go. Ronaldo, Man U is sort of like Lakers LeBron a little bit, right? Like – a, a superstar guy goes there to sail into what is it called? Sail into the into the sunset of his career, and he's not that good. But they kind of they defamed him a little bit. Like they, they didn't make him look as good as a as a legend of of that club should made, be made look. Um, but no, they just terminated the contract, and now he, I don't know where he's going to go. The Argentina Saudi Arabia. I mean, did he do is, something or say something that led to this? Like, was he? He did like, a Piers Morgan interview, but it was it was a bunch of stuff. They didn't qualify for Champs League. They didn't show maybe the respect that they did, he thought he deserved. They brought in a new coach. The new coach prioritizes, you know, playing the right way, not playing like legends just because they're legends. It's just a bad situation from both sides, you know. Like for you guys in America, Lakers. Like, I mean, Russell Westbrook's right, and the Lakers are right, right? Both parties can be right and wrong. Right. It's there's blame on both sides. And Ronaldo's not the player he once was. He walked off the pitch a few times. He disrespected the club. The club also disrespected him. He got he did a lot for this club. The messy Saudi Arabia, man, that's just how soccer plays out sometimes. Two shots, two goals. Two shots, two goals. It's just the way it is. Um, would I be worried? Is that the question? No, like what's what does it mean for that in that pool? Because you and said 84% game, of the time. The team advances. And now Saudi Arabia, who probably people didn't think was going to advance, you know, does this mean Messi has an initial, like an early round exit potentially? Mm-hmm. And then what does that do for his cards? We were talking about him yesterday and you were like, well, there's room to grow because they haven't really run. But that was Polisic also. But if Messi has an early exit, does he like come back in four years and play another one? <laughs> if he has an early exit, I think there's a lot of cards that hit the market. There's a bit of like a supply shock and you could get some cool grails. But I don't think the play, like, if you if people who remember the World Cup from like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the way it's talked about to now, p- players are not as interested in it. I think their goal is to win the World Cup, but it's as much not to get injured. You have to remember when these players played in the 60s and 70s, they weren't getting paid this money. Ronaldo makes 500k a week from his club, from Menu. He doesn't make very much for playing for the not national. Anymore. Right, but like, your <laughs> yeah, goal, as much as you want to win the World Cup, you really just don't want to get hurt. You don't want to lose that paycheck. You don't want to lose the potential. World Cup compared to Champs League, it's not even close the way it used to be. It used to be World Cup and then club. Now it's completely flipped. So it matters, but I don't think it matters like it used to. And if they get knocked out, it's a disappointment, but we'd like a Cinderella story. There'll be people that are like, ah, messy. <laughs> but dude, there's still two games. You know, it's it's... So, uh, World Cup's weird. Group stages are weird. Anything can happen. The first game matters so much, and it's basically 90 minutes. There's so little room for error. Two shots, two goals. You know, Poland, Lewandowski. What was that run up for a PK? 
I don't understand. You know, you telegraphed where you're going. You can't even go any other side. So it'll be fun, man. I'm just watching World Cup. I'm not answering any emails. I'm not answering DMs. I'm just enjoying. I think sports in the middle of the day might be the best thing ever. There's I mean, something about middle of the day sports that just hits different. I will tell you a couple couple ways to take it out. Number one, um, there are other people have to work during the day, which so that kind of sucks a little bit here and there. But it is what it is. But number two, you're right, midday sports. I think Ian's gym class today watched the uh, Saudi Arabia game. Oh no 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 the the first game, the eight o'clock game. Who was it? Um, Denmark. The Denmark game. I think they watched the eight a.m. Denmark game. game. But yeah. he went in. And he had his old 2008 Man U soccer jersey on. You know, the red, the old AIG one. This is AIG in the front. He was wearing his little soccer jersey. Got to get him one that's a little more current, I guess. But, you know, I'm a throwback kind of guy. You know this. Everybody listens no. So we got, we got, we're old school through and through. But listen, this is one of those things. That every four years, and, and the whole world's into it. Yeah. And, I, I mean, you love, you know, Argentina. You want to root for Messi. But you know, go look at some of the videos of, of you know fans from the Saudi Arabia team, I mean they're just—I mean they're breaking their own houses apart. You know, what I mean they're, they're going crazy. This is that was like you know twelve Super Bowls and you know fifteen World Series championships all rolled into one in the first opening game. Like they don't have to do anything else for the rest of the World Cup. They beat Argentina and Messi. It's done. We're all happy until the end of the month. Cage so. Drogba used to say soccer could, could stop wars. So like it, it, soccer actually stopped the civil war in the Ivory Coast. So, like, to, I, I know to the like, we soccer is not huge here; it's growing. But like in these other countries, soccer is life, man. Soccer is life to these countries. There we go. It's and it is called soccer. <laughs> That's you know just very important. That's the, the deal there. All right. So you had a bunch of other topics. You want to you want to spend five ten minutes on on uh, any of your other fun ones? The World Cup's been fun. Uh, Niners look like a very different team. You know, I know you were making fun of Jimmy G. But that the weapons that that Niners team has and the defense, you got Bosa on the defensive side, you got Debo healthy. Was, was I making fun of Jimmy G or was it Kirk Cousins that I was? No, about? Jimmy G also. Like you were basically saying, like he's not a good quarterback and that you can't go anywhere with him. Kirk Cousins you definitely made fun of him a lot. Yeah, but I, I was talking about how uh, Jimmy G, you know, five to fifteen different than fifteen and on, and you know he's got the receivers where all he has to do is put it on target for them in the five to fifteen yard range. And that's, I mean, I was looking at these the, the yeah, wide receivers. In the, Cage in the playoffs, the the you have your margin for error is way small. He doesn't make mistakes. I mean, he's throwing no, no, like seventy five percent clip last night. But. You have to make better passes in the playoffs, and he couldn't make them. Versus the was it the Packers that they lost to? The I remember Niners watching was, a playoff game, and I'm like, this yeah. guy can't throw accurately down the field. He can't throw it down the field. If he has to throw it down the field, if a team I, forces him to throw it down the field, that, that's the problem. But I don't think he's going to I think in the playoffs, when push comes to shove, there's always two, three, four throws that you have to make. I would say this, hot take from this week, and it's, oh, it's overreactions. I would not be so certain that the two teams on the top, either of them, come out of the NFC. I'm not talking about the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are great. I think the Chiefs are fantastic. Um, Do you see how you Pavlov conditioned me? Yeah, no, because I, you're like this. He's going to make fun of the Chiefs again. It's not the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are fantastic. The Chiefs probably do come out of the AFC. What I'm saying is right now the two top teams in the NFC are the Vikings and the Eagles. And I think if you were to ask me what the NFC championship game would look like, and obviously seeding and the whole nine yards, Dallas and the Niners looked fantastic this week. Now, Dak played 
what we, what you'd, you'd call like a Phil Simms Super Bowl stats. He was 22 of 25. Like Dak played one of the best games of his career. Tony Pollard emerged. Like they put a beating on one of the better teams in the NFC and really exposed your friend Kirk Cousins. I don't know why he's such a fan of his. I mean, nobody talks better about Kirk Cousins than you do in the hobby. You'd love that man. But the I, Niners, as good as I Dallas like are, the Vikings, they have so much talent, <laughs> and he looks so scared. Yeah, well, he's getting abused. You remember the the Legion of Doom? Remember yeah. they had they were insane on defense. This Cowboys front seven is, is like if I was starting a team, like I'm looking at Micah Parsons cards, and just because I know they're going to be cheap, and I'm like, this guy's a savage. Like this guy's different level. And it's fun to watch really good pass rush. Is that corny to say? Like, no, Bosa's just as good, if not better. Bosa, I mean, I think he has 10 sacks in nine games, 10 and a half sacks in nine. I mean, it was just like a sick defense. And they're going to start breaking the record, right? Because they added a game. Was a lot 21? of records. 21 sacks, was it, by Reggie? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. And I think, was it Strahan? Or Strahan had the, 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 the uh, I think, the career record. I have to look. Nobody, you know, these so many records are going to have to take a look at what the record is. But anyway, Niners, they really impressed me this week. And I can see them going on a run basically like not losing the rest of the season and um, being a very tough out. Cowboys meet the Niners. The Cowboys win that matchup. Maybe. Maybe. I think the Niners have more depth. I do. I think the Cowboys. 22 sacks is how much the Cowboys have this season. Yeah, they, have a lot. they definitely lead them. They lead them in sacks, 100. percent And they, 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 they had a bunch this week against Kirk Cousins. Um, but yeah, I mean that'll be a, that'll be an interesting game. I'm I'm excited. 42 football. sacks, 42. The next team is 36. Yeah, and they were leading and and, and extended their lead this week because um, they just they beat the hell out of Cousins. I'm excited for football. We're getting down to it now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's 17, 17 weeks, and we're, you know, we're, I mean, it's 18 weeks. It's week 12. Dubai, but we're in week 12. We're at Thanksgiving. I was thinking about trying to do a whatnot show maybe Thanksgiving morning instead because it's three games. You Might as well do just it. do it early, you know? And you know, uh, you... we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. We got, we got a couple of days. We got some time. And that could be our Thanksgiving episode. So you guys got to tune in on whatnot. So you got that for football. We got soccer. Baseball, Aaron Judge hasn't signed yet, so we don't really need to talk about that. Basketball, we got any craziness going on? You want to give 30 seconds on what your thoughts are on Golden State? No, nah, go listen to the J.J. Redick uh, Curry episode. It was a really good episode. He interviewed Curry. It was good stuff. Um, we'll talk- Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.